Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. Greg McBride and Mike Lung here. Uh, Mike, it is a big week. Uh, we're going to start things out uh, by talking about the Allendale Snapshot. And this is a big one. This is a quarterly report. Uh, we get the planted acreage numbers and we get the uh, quarterly stocks numbers. So uh, getting ready for this June 30th report, uh, Steve and Rich are going to talk about expectations, what to do going into the report, and how to handle it after we uh, after we exit the report. So uh, big, uh, big, exciting time. A lot of kind of nervousness going into the report uh, next week because, well, let's face it, we're on a slide right now. And we saw something massive last week uh, that I don't know that we've ever seen. We saw over a dollar move in the beans in one day followed by 60 ish cents higher the very next day and it looked like well maybe we just overdid it uh, with the the pressure in the rest of the markets but i don't know that anything's really changed has it in the grand scheme of things no not really you had corn as of tuesday with an outside day lower but very gradual getting there and it felt like most markets were in that pace so we're sitting here in an area where, especially for beans, uh, we had sideways chop earlier this year ahead of the USDA reports, uh, the last planting report, plant prospective plantings, and corn's hovering above it. And we have rain in the forecast and rain added in the 6th, 10 days of Tuesday noon. And you have potential for higher acres next week but it also might dry out. You still have weather people saying you're still expecting a hot, dry July and August, but we're starting to see into July, and it's not looking the same. So a lot of conflicting news and a lot of air pockets in these markets, not a lot of resting orders, and just a ton of emotion mm-hmm. is really what the game is here. Well, it seems like with regard to to weather, um, the conditions reports – are starting to factor in some of this dryness and showing that uh, maybe we're seeing things deteriorate a little bit. Um, we were down 3% to 60, I think 65% uh, this week on corn, 60% on beans. That was down uh, 2% on the good to excellent conditions. Uh, obviously, spring wheat, uh, as we've talked about, it, I mean, at this point, I'm not sure if we're going to have any kind of a spring wheat crop because they are at 27% or 25% good to excellent, and that I believe that's a historical low. We've never seen the spring wheat that bad. So as we go into harvest for uh, winter wheat and we're ramping up the production schedule here for uh, the spring crops, it's like we're going in two different directions, but all of the pricing is going down. Yeah, and a lot of this seems to have taken place where spring wheat has a story, and the story continues to develop. We're seeing it near contract highs, not quite there. It gaps higher. Gap still remains, uh, but then you have the cross-market pressure that's really keeping a lid on it. But with the corn and beans, we ran it up so well earlier this year and it's going to be very difficult in order to get that next move higher and that's what we're seeing we're seeing a lot of fight a lot of people still want to be bullish 
But the market is clearly telling us, as well as the cash market, that it's not as bullish right. as what we once had. And just the low liquidity, lower liquidity, and everything in regards is just making very quick, very irrational, very emotional movements and probably will continue to do so. It's going to continue, most likely, to be a volatile year. And unless we get some solid evidence one way or another of what this crop's going to look like, I don't see a lot of change to that big oscillating movements that we have seen. And while we are taking into account the dryness concerns and you're seeing that reflected on the crop progress report, trade's obviously not caring because we're seeing rain come into the mix. Mm -hmm. And it dropped this last Sunday, but then following the results, there was rain that fell. And the one of five days saying there's, the rain's going to continue to fall and it's going to be cooler as of right now. And then you look at how the USDA goes about with their metho uh, methodology for calculating yields and comes into play that June really doesn't have any effect on what they do. And what we've seen in the past is years that are wetter and cooler during pollination have shown us really great yields. So we're in this very confusing time frame where it is very it has been dry, no doubt about that. You can see that reflected on any maps. But what we see reflected on the maps and how the USDA goes about calculating things are two different things. Now, how much how much stock do you put into, or how much how much sway do you uh, give to the to the old crop contracts that are left as we go into option expiration at the end of this week? You've got first notice uh, next week. You've got obviously that big report. Is the is the old crop really weighing or playing into the what the new crop is doing right now because it seems like when you look at the the big price swings that we've seen it's either july is so much further down than say the december or the november or it's so much higher above that it's like well there's nothing that's going in tandem here is it all just rolling from one contract to another or or is there an old crop story that can still play into this new crop uh uh, conversation yeah it's, it's, supplies are obviously still tight for old crop that's not changing it's not like we're producing more old crop that's done with so i would have to say as of right now not really any kind of new story nothing more to price in at this point we can very well expect to see an ending stocks number so there's not a lot there to do and we've seen really for the last month month and a half a lot of open interest come out of this July contract and move into December. Uh, so you just have less people in the mix there. And much mm -hmm. like we saw during May and you saw that big short squeeze, what you very well could be doing is having just a speculator's paradise with that, with those spreads. You get a reduced margin, you get plenty of movement, and they can move it and really get things in their favor. So... I would say more so besides just uh, looking at it from a fundamental basis, looking at it, again, low liquidity basis and seeing opportunities there for people to come in and speculate and make some money. What's your, uh, what's your thought as far as when we're moving from this uh, these July contracts? Are we going to put any kind of focus in the short term on 
say the August or September for beans or the September for corn? Uh, or do we just jump right out to those uh, delivery month contracts, the November and December contracts, the big ones? Most years it goes straight to the, the big ones. The new crop is what is focused on right now. It's where all the pricing is being done. The September contract for corn can be either or, depending on how quickly we get in the ground. But for the majority, even on a most active standpoint, you have September hold most years as front month on the most active for a week, two, sure. and switches straight to December. So I would focus less on some of those contracts that are used more for spreading activity and less as an outright contract and more on the new crop because any weather event, any sales from here on out, is going to greatly affect what our story is developing for what our ending stock is going to be in September of 2022. So we've talked fundamentals. Let's talk a little technical. That's uh, your area of expertise here. Um, anything in the December contract for corn or the November contract for beans, uh, as far as formation setting up, as far as um, anything that uh, that you're really paying attention to, as far as the way it's setting up or is some something that's actually in motion right now? Yeah, so for corn, looking at it on an Elliott Wave, well, corn and beans, looking at it from an Elliott Wave standpoint, you got some really good correctionary on a large scale waves going on that could very well continue to break you lower. Um, it's something we're going to be having to watch. Big one is going to be taking out the lows from Friday after that big sell-off in the open uh, on Friday. And then looking for some of those other targets. You got the 477.5 for December corn. You got five bucks, which is going to be your century mark. And those century marks are going to be every dollar. Um, so you got some of those targets. But like we have been seeing with volatility and everything, seeing this larger scale correction and still a continued tight demand. It's not as tight, but it's still tight looking for that to develop and maybe looking for this dryness that started really in August of last year and get drier this year, maybe continuing to next. We were talking to Drew Learner on a winter conference and said there could be a multi-year pattern that starts developing. So on the technical scale, it looks good for that potential as well. And you got a lot of people that are bringing crop to town in the uh, fall because they have to, especially in the Iowa area where they got hit with that storm last year and mm -hmm. grain bids got busted. Yep, They have to bring it in because they have nowhere else to store it. They could bag it, but for the most part, we've been seeing a lot of good sales. So very well could be a story that we see develop and take us lower, find those equilibrium points below us trying to answer next questions, which is, is China going to come in here and pick up what we expect them to pick up? Are we going to make revisions? What is next on the on the docket? Well, it's a good point because the it was about this time last year where China started to come in and buy soybeans. Just, I mean, with reckless abandon, and it wasn't until was it uh, maybe September or October that they started to buy corn, or maybe it was even later. Yeah, they were coming in day after day with beans, and with corn they were coming in. It seemed like once every other week to every other month and with a large, large purchase. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's there's definitely that potential for seeing them come in and and maybe it, it maybe it's a 
we've got a production and then all of a sudden they turn the buying on again and we see a late season rally because of that uh, that extra demand the market starts to get excited again just like we did last fall last uh, well this past winter as well and you know maybe we we do still we still have that big production that could cause markets to fall off could give the the funds a reason to continue to back out of their long positions as we've seen for what seems like since mid-december for uh for beans and about the last two to three months now for corn they haven't completely abandoned it they're still fairly long but there is still that potential that they see what kind of a crop we're going to have the funds see okay we got rain during uh pollination we got some cooler temperatures during pollination we ended up getting enough rain in august to fill pods and to finish out that corn crop and you know i mean i'm just going to spitball and say maybe we're down at 450 or 425 and then and we're some somewhere around 1150 12 dollars and then they the chinese come in and start buying and as we go into the end of the year typically we do see a little bit of a bounce as we go into the last month or two of of the calendar year that could be what we play into again and now we've changed how our seasonal seasonal makeup works especially if then it's going to go and trend a little bit drier uh we could start to see uh some real uh fireworks as we go into next year but you know it's a little long a little long-winded on that to go uh, to go that far out but you know that is something that we have to be careful of cuz Drew has not necessarily changed since last July he's been talking about this potential for a longer term uh dry period or dry bias and this was just the start of it he was he was has always said he thought that we would have a decent production this year if not somewhere near trend yield but then as you start to look out towards 22 and 23 that's where the real problems could could come in and next thing you know we're dealing with a, a 2012 type uh, situation mm-hmm. so one of the things that uh, obviously we talked about earlier but if you haven't subscribed to our snapshot product uh, get in on that uh 9.99 uh, a month this month obviously gets you uh, get you two uh two versions of it uh, with the uh, the USDA report for the WASD, and then the big report at the uh, at the end of the month here, as well as our weekly uh, snapshot uh, uh, program as well. So keep uh, keep watching out because there is a ton of good information that uh, we're producing for you, and it's uh, it does not cost a lot to stay up and uh, in, in, in control of what's going on in the markets. Yeah, definitely something you need to check out while we have everything ever evolving and stay ahead of it, but. If you guys have any questions, please give us a call, 800-262-7538. Today for Allendale, this is Mike Lung, Greg McBride. You guys have a great one. Mm-hmm.